Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we are. Hi, I'm Brittany. I'm Eric. Uh, this is for Colored Nerds. FCN if you're not black. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because no, like, white people can't say colored anymore. I don't even want other non-black people to say colored. Yeah, I, I actually really like the word colored. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yes. It just harkens back to a to an older, and, yeah, really, worse time. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not simpler. It wasn't better. Yeah. It was older. <clears throat> Um, so here we are. Yes. Here we are. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we both, uh, we're sitting down today because we both read this amazing article, uh, by A.O. Scott called The Death of Adulthood. And it, it came out, I think, last weekend in the New York Times Magazine. And, but first, I mean, the title grabbed me in yeah. general. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it's really not about the death of adulthood, though. Like, basically, as a real as a real life institution, no, it's not. About yeah, he's adulthood. basically saying like, adulthood is dead. Like, it already was. It's just kind of gone, and that's like the the basic notion. Yeah, adulthood as in popular culture has been gone if it ever really even existed. Is kind of what he brings up, and he he brings up a lot of really great examples. Um, I mean, even going all the way back to Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) Yeah. You know, all the way straight up through, like, Walter White of Breaking Bad and Tony Soprano of The Sopranos and Don Draper of Mad Men. He cites a number of different, like, texts and references. And, I I mean, he seems to like he really did his research, and I got a lot out of it. Yeah, he definitely did his research. I mean, I think, like, the interesting... I mean, there were a million interesting things about the article. But the thing that I kind of focus on... First, and I think it's like, when exactly did it die? Even before you get there, like, what the fuck is actual adulthood? <laughs> I can't answer that question. I can't answer that question. He doesn't answer that question. But from the, like, if you make an inference based off of, uh, like, the text, <laughs> to take it to the text, to take it. he basically positions himself as people who aren't happy (laughs) like if you think about like people who not only aren't happy but are bound by their responsibility in a way in which they've kind of it makes them unhappy it makes them exactly they're complacent within their responsibilities and unhappiness that's really what you got from it that's kind of i mean in, in terms of if i had to define adulthood no, I mean, this is deep, though, because we haven't discussed this. Like, we this haven't. Is, this is, like, great. I'm sorry, <laughs> this, this is, is new shit. New to me. This is new shit. 
That's so funny because when you you're like, what constitutes it? When you ask what constitutes an adult, that's not going to be it. Well, I was thinking like very, like very technical terms. Like I was, I think of adulthood as like obviously you can mature into being an adult, but like as far as being a true, I, I like to use the term grown up lady. Oh, right, nice. which is which is proof positive that I'm a complete adult myself. Um, I just think of an adult as somebody who takes care of everything that they're supposed to take care of and does what does what they're supposed to be doing. But I never really attach necessarily happiness or unhappiness to that. And I don't feel bound. I suppose, I mean, to be perfectly honest, you and I both know. Probably anybody who's ever stumbled across my Twitter feed knows I have no responsibilities. <laughs> I have nothing going on in my life. So, I mean, I, although I'm almost... Almost in my late 20s. Yeah. I don't consider... Like, I know that I've matured into an adult. I've matured into yeah. a grown person. But there are many there are many trappings of adulthood that just... I have managed to escape like Peter Pan. Yeah, I mean, I would say... So, here's the thing. I mean, as everybody knows, I'm striving to be the most adult person in the world. Well, ever. now they know. Yeah, well, now they know. I do. I still don't feel like I'm an adult. Like, I, I resign myself to my responsibilities, but I still try to create a space where I can... Creating like, a space is an adult thing. <laughs> like, I just, like, I still just do whatever I want. Like, every day I get up... But that's, that's I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. Like Yeah, but every day I get up, I do me. <laughs> I do. I get up, I do me. I don't have to think about what anybody else is doing or what they want. Every single day, I do me. All day, every day. Like so, I guess See, I, am I don't gonna, do me every single. But also, day. you live with a partner, so that's different. True. So the responsibilities piece is like your job, your bills, to a certain degree, your partner. I think that's that's that part. And like, how much can you do? How much can you really do? You within the context of still having to meet. See, like, I meet all those, those expectations minus the partner, which like. I was in a very serious relationship in my like early to mid 20s, which now that I'm still in my mid 20s and I'm out of that, I look at myself like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, why did you take on this such a serious responsibility? Like, on one hand, I absolutely do not regret the relationship. It was a beautiful experience. But on the other hand, when people talk about extended adolescence, I don't always think it has to do with an evasion of responsibility so much as delaying when we begin the quote-unquote adulthood that our parents experienced. So when my mother was 27, she was pregnant, she'd been married for years, and she was working on saving for her first home. I'm going to be 27 in less than two months now, and I'm wondering if this is the year that I can finally branch out and get colored socks. I have, you know what I'm saying? I have all yeah. black socks because I know that I won't match those shits. Yeah. And Same. I just, yeah, I just do that because I'm like, I don't have time for this shit. I have nothing but time. But I don't feel like it. I just, you know, I'm being a little bit childish in that aspect. But I am in the space of adulthood where I have my money, I pay my bills, I do what I want to do. But I also don't have a partner that I have to answer to who holds me, rather not to answer to, but who will hold me accountable for the things that I may or may not supposed to be, you know, things I may supposed to be doing. Wait, does that make sense? I, 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 I get the gist of what you were Okay, sorry. Yeah. That was grammatically terrible right? <laughs> um yeah i have no partner that's holding me accountable i have no children that i have to feed like if i had kids now yeah. i could take i can't take care of a child like i've nannied well, high school sports but if i had a child like 
first thing I ate today, you watched me eat mashed potatoes <laughs> at 2 p.m. You watched me eat three tablespoons of mashed potatoes I, mean, I brought from my home around the corner at 2 p.m. If I had a child, they would have been hungry like eight hours ago. Yeah, yeah. That's... You would, that's fe- you would like, have fed them twice by now. Exactly. So I'm an adult, but I can pay for the potatoes. I can pay for the Tupperware that I brought them over in for my apartment that I pay rent on. That I, you know, I get the money for that for my job that I manage to show up to every single day. Um, thank you, employer. <laughs> but I don't. I'm. I haven't hit that that point yet where I have to take care of somebody else, whether it's a partner or a child, so I can just be free to be myself. Your what you just described meshes with my like definition because all I'm saying is that it's not to. Like, having responsibilities, I don't think, makes you an adult. Everybody fucking has responsibilities at yeah. every point of their life. You're obviously That's, your adult responsibility. Black, black yeah. Your adult responsibilities are also always more intense. But my thing is resigning yourself to those responsibilities in a way that makes you unhappy. But I don't understand to me, why, communicates adulthood. I don't understand why adulthood... See, that's, I don't understand why adulthood has to be synonymous with unhappiness, though. I think here's... Or resignation, even. I think I it's think because... acceptance is such a more... It's like a way more positive way to think about it. Like, I accept my responsibilities now. Like, I resign I expect, to my... I accept that my life is about to be shitty. <laughs> for, for a long time. Is that really how you think of adulthood? Wait, I, so do you think you're in adulthood right I now? I don't think I'm an adult. Uh, right now, name an adult. Like name an adult. Like a, like, or name two adults. Name one adult that like. Well, I don't want to name names of like real people because like That's I just tied the definition of adulthood no. to happiness. <laughs> no. So well, like, like, a, a, like an adult, like a, a common figure that we would know. Like name okay. two, so I can have so, two points of reference. Okay, so an adult is. Uh-huh. Well, the the example that I, I want to give, you might not know. Okay, so okay, I'm gonna give you a quick quick story. I'm gonna try to make this, make this shit real quick. Have you ever seen Revolutionary Revolutionary Road with um, Kate oh, Winslet and Leonardo it. DiCaprio? Yes. Oh my god, amazingly depressing movie. Like awesome movie will fuck up your day. Like completely fuck I've up seen your it. day. Oh, okay, cool. So you remember when they told the couple? So Leonardo like DiCaprio. Away, right? Yes, I'm getting. I'm getting. I'm getting. Okay. okay. So the couple, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, uh, their characters are planning to quit their jobs and uproot their family of like two kids um, and move to Paris to just try, just try some new shit, which is you know reasonable okay. idea. I guess they tell their their friends in this like kind of idyllic post. World War II neighborhood. Yeah, they're like, are they in Connecticut or something like that? Yeah. yeah. That they're going to do this, and they're like, oh, okay. Like, that's what you want to, oh, that's so different. And then they leave, and they're like, oh my God, can you, what are they thinking? I can't, like, is that not the craziest thing? Like, those two people are adults. Because their responsibilities have bound them so much within the context of their life that they can't move outside of that to ex- to elevate their happiness. So you're saying that adulthood is a choice and that... In, okay, per this example... Yes. Kate Winslet and... Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio. No, I can never remember Leo, his name. The dude Leo. who doesn't have an Oscar. He really doesn't, he doesn't have an Oscar. I have an Oscar and he doesn't. <laughs> I got an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> he got Tommy. Got yeah. got all four. Okay, 
So you're saying, per this example, Kate yeah. Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio are not adults, even though they're technically mature grown-ups. Like, they've matured into their age. At that point in the movie, correct. But they're not... But over time, I want to say in the movie, they, like, start to hate each other, and their marriage sucks, and their life sucks. They become adults. And they become adults. Correct. But this is the thing. Especially Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, yeah. I mean, his character in that movie seemed like kind of an ass. Well, I mean, they both weren't nice people. I didn't, but like, that's... I mean, I didn't like the movie. Sorry. Oh, I but, thought it was um, amazing. I understand where you're coming from. I just think that's such a rigid way to think of adulthood. I mean, that, I think that's fine. I, I think that's I think that's okay. I'm, so you, we've, so basically, we have agreed. Well, no, we haven't agreed. We haven't agreed on so what adulthood you, we is. Agreed. So we haven't. I think that adulthood is like when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because I think there are some people who are maybe thirty and not doing the shit they're supposed to be doing, not taking care of themselves, and they're not adults. But I do think that you can mature. Obviously, we both agree that you can mature into yeah. adulthood age wise. But you think that. Being an adult is synonymous with resignation and unhappiness. And I think that being an adult is synonymous with taking care of your responsibilities. I consider myself to be a semi-adult, mm-hmm. and you do not consider yourself to be an adult. I'm, I'm not an adult. I was just, that was just a score check. That was a like yeah. half-time figuring out what's going on. Yeah, I think that, w- that was an accurate summary. Like, I, I take care of my responsibilities. Yep, I go to, I go to work. I show up on time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I pay my bills. Look. On time now, <laughs> now, uh, yeah, and you know I do all the things. I try to check all the boxes that I'm quote unquote supposed to check. Not because you know, well, because I don't want my life to go to shit anyway. But that's that's not the point of what okay. I'm saying. So I'm ready. For we've well, no, I mean, I, I was going to move on to the next thing because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I don't think I don't think it's possible to completely define. What well, adulthood no, is. True. So rather than debate that point, let's now get into some of the, the interesting things that he discussed in the article. Specifically, um, so he brought up the example of like of what constitute like quality television right now, or what you know critics assume is quality television right now. Mm. Are the uh, like Tony Soprano, Walter White, um, Don Tony Draper, Draper, these like patriarchal figures who aren't still aren't adults no they're assholes yes most of the time and it's interesting it was interesting to me for someone to well let's be real people have had this conversation before right but to have this white guy in the new york times yeah who called it on its face like yo you know this is it's bullshit that we do we romanticize these characters and that these are, are very narrow and only ideas of what constitutes quality entertainment Yes. But what I thought was also what was unique about that is the fact of like, okay, Don Draper, he is not an adult. No. <laughs> he makes me feel great about myself. <laughs> but by my definition, he is an adult. But he hasn't resigned to his responsibilities. He's constantly evading his responsibilities. I actually, I mean, it depends on where you are in the series. In the beginning, I would say yes. But as he moves forward, I would say no. Well, I mean, that's because he's a he's a uh, he's not a static character, so he's True. grown. He's grown. But I would say at his core, Don Draper's instinct is to and, not and be. And Don an Draper's adult. DNA, like as Don Draper as a character, his DNA is that he's childish as fuck. Yeah, I mean, totally. Like the thing, but the thing that I think is interesting about that is like, so with he's not an adult, right? He accepts his responsibilities, quote unquote. He does what he, by the numbers, he does what he's supposed to do. He shows up to work. He shows up to work. He takes care of his kids. All you gotta do is be old, white, show your face in the office, and then, like, 
go home. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, what what what's different? <laughs> what about what you said isn't isn't right? Uh, no, but like you know, I mean, I think Don Draper is now at his point now an adult, and the, the part of what he was talking about was like the show is about to end, and everybody thinks he's just gonna die because yeah, because he's he's accepting his responsibilities, so trying to like, find. Well, yeah, like now you got to die. die. Like, and I think that's amazing that like as these characters grow into what should be classified as an adult or adulthood, regardless of my definition, mm-hmm. you know that the only place for them to go next Under is death, and it and it follows that formula for all of those characters that you mentioned. Like, if you think about Walter, oh, Walter White... Well, he's dead, right? I haven't he's watched, dead. I yeah, he died. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> that motherfucker's dead. Yeah, he's dead. And then people so, assume that Tony, Tony Soprano, Soprano is died. dead, too. No. David Chase just came right. out and said he's not dead. But they did. They clipped it. They clipped yeah. it. They were just like, all right, this is all we But the assumption say. was that he he's was dead. dead. And, like, a lot of it... And this was after these characters started achieving, you know, some sort of, like... Growth. Um, growth, closure, like they start realizing, okay, I have to do shit a bit differently than what I've been doing. I can't just be a dick I, all the time. Of the time. You know? And I thought that was amazing that, like, one, we're simple enough to follow these figures. Because there are more, there's shit ton more than there's, there's McNulty from The Wire. Yeah. There was shit, there's every character from, from The, the Wire. Wire. <laughs> like, there are all of these shows that we get caught up in, you know, and they are figures who are not accepting who are not accepting their responsibilities they're growing into that and then they die <laughs> i didn't even think of it like that so i don't know i thought that i thought that was just a, an amazing concept i don't even know where, where to go after that but it's just like the fact that like that's why i don't consider myself an adult right now even though i handle my responsibilities mm-hmm. and as we move forward i probably won't consider myself an adult for a long ass time just because the unhappiness that comes with that and what has been almost programmed into us to a certain degree is that after you resign yourself to that fate, achieve that closure, achieve that growth. Now, obviously, there there arcs were a lot different than mine. I'm not, you know, yeah, beating my wife, think... selling drugs, of I was fucking say, mad bitches, <laughs> fucking mad bitches. <laughs> but right. but no, it's like there's nothing left after. It's almost like an absence of dreams. No, no, no. Well, actually, what you made me think of is um, when. Oh, when you die in your in your dreams when you're sleeping, mm-hmm. like nothing happens, yeah. and you just end up having to wake up because you have no concept of, of what death is like because you're obviously alive. It's the same thing. It's like when you are creating television or consuming television, you know, you just assume, like you said, that this adult character is going to die because almost in our collective conscience, we have no idea anymore. We have no real concept of what adulthood is, but. Um, we were talking the other night about the Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby article um, by Kalefa Santa in, um, in I think it was the New Yorker, for, also from last weekend, and um, there was, there, I mean, there's a lot in that. Yeah. When you say go back to the text. There's so much that you can go back to in that piece. But the thing that continues <laughs> to cross my mind is um, this idea of Bill Cosby as America's dad. Yeah. And how that even came to be was uh, he has this. Seminal, if you're into comedians, 1983 uh, live, I guess like filmed stand up show. Stand up yeah. show, yeah. It wasn't a common thing back then. Yeah. Um, but he yeah, had stand up show 
uh, called Himself that came out in 1983, which is the year before the Cosby Show debut. Yep. So he was working with two different producers at the time. The three of them were, you know, getting trying to get shape that. Yeah, shape sure. what eventually would become the Cosby Show. And the thing that ended up being the hook was this idea of, you know, it's the early 80s and popular American entertainment, you know, the family sitcom is just being ruled by kids. It, yeah. It's true. If you think about Punky Brewster, uh, Webster, one, Webster, uh, Family Ties even, you think yeah. of Alex P. Keaton and, and those kids, um, you know, you always had this little sassy teenager, like little sassy child yep. that was uh, different strokes. They were sassy too. Yep. Um, you know, sassy like some old befuddled dad or like old befuddled parents. And the hook of the Cosby show was that, like, you had this authoritarian, loving but authoritarian figure, you know, who was Bill Cosby, who's your dad, who's going to tell you what the shit is about to be. That's why it was very interesting to me to, because I kind of read them out of order, then to read the A.O. Scott piece where yeah. he's talking about how basically for forever, Adult culture has been, <laughs> like, starting back from, you know, when the country was formed, when the United States was formed, there's never been adulthood you know, in, in American culture. But then, you know, what of Bill Cosby? Yeah. And a major thing that jumps out at me when I think of Bill Cosby, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Cliff Huxtable is very not... Black. Yeah, he's, yes, he's very black. He's not just different from Don Draper and Walter White and Tony Soprano because he's not like a gambling cheater or because he's a doctor yeah. or something like that. He's a black man. Yeah. And black people are not afforded that same opportunity to be assholes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're not afforded that opportunity because the stereotype is that we already, to a certain degree, no, the are. the default idea <laughs> is that we are assholes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. That's so he, I mean, he was trying to combat against that. But I think that's like, I think the interesting thing about the Cosby show, as much as I love it and like romanticized it myself, I, I, like I now, sadly, I find little reality in it. And, like, that's a heavy, that's a depressing thing to hear. And I think, I mean, the bringing up Cosby in general is, is tough in mm-hmm. there. So, like, they they are supposed to be, if you think about the Cosby show, it's supposed to be, like, adulthood done right. Yes. You know, like, this no, is... No, it's an instruction manual. This is what you're supposed like to be doing. black people or, like, any, if you're upwardly mobile I mean, black this couple, for, at the well, time, it's for everybody. America. That's true, true. He's um, dad. He was America's dad. And, like, I was like, man... At the time, I'm like, this is what it's gonna be. This where I'm gonna have my, gonna have my wife. We're gonna be getting it all the time. Me and my kids Nasty. gonna be dancing in the in the living room. But this is the thing, though. Like, I grew up like that. Is the and that's why I don't. I can understand how that is. That seems idealistic and it seems fake. And there were also obviously my whole life, and especially my childhood, was punctuated with other moments that are not necessarily that weren't so idyllic, mm-hmm. but. Um, those moments, those are all things that happened so, you know, growing up. My sisters and I did used to dance to Supreme songs after dinner, <laughs> like, and perform for my entire family. Yeah. Like, these are things that, uh, you know, that type of thing is, is you know, that's, that's the way that I grew up. That's not uncommon. Like, when I look at Bill Cosby, and rather, when I look at uh, Cliff Huxtable, I see a lot of my dad there because there, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. And knowing your dad, I actually, I mean, I wouldn't disagree mm-hmm. with that. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. 
More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mère and mère somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. But the thing that I think about, like, okay, so having having understood that, that there were some similarities there, that it's possible in real life. No, I might not it's see still that not, right. it's not, it's not for anybody yeah. a common, common thing. But would you say that your parents are adults? And, and this is not a dig yes. at all. Yes. You think so? No, 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 no. I, I think of my parents as adults, but I also know that in order for them to live like Cliff and Claire, my parents dug their heels in early. They yeah. cut their childhood short. There are so many things that my sisters and I do now. Because uh, I have two sisters, one older, one younger. We actually all live in New York. There are so many things that my, so many adventures that we get to have, so many things that we get to explore um, that... My parents didn't get the, the opportunity to. Here's a, actually a really interesting thing. I was talking to my, my both my parents on speakerphone the other day because I do that every single day. And I was talking to my mother about how, if I'm just going to just put all my business out there, I haven't been interested in dating for like the past six weeks. And I told her that I've been feeling like as a woman, I'm getting to this point where I'm like 27. I feel like my life is just starting to get interesting. Like I'm just starting to really understand myself. I'm just starting to really get a stronger idea of my gifts and talents and my interests and where my life is headed. I feel like the good shit is just starting now. And I, until I get my mind around that, I don't really want to bring anybody else into my space. And she, my mother's 59 years old. And she said that she just is starting to feel that now because when she was my age, she was pregnant with my older sister. So like my parents, they have, you know, they have a wonderful life. They're retired. They hang out all the time. You know, my parents are they're going to hate me for saying this. They're fucking chilling every day. Yeah. And they deserve it. But they also did that at the cost of like all of this whole like navel gazy point that I'm like, you know, that I'm have period that I'm having right now in my life. My parents, they, they gave that away and worked for decades hoping that they would be able to have what they have right now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I definitely think of my parents as adults, but they've been adult. At the end, when it's all done, at the end of my life and at the end of theirs, they will probably have been adults for much longer than I will have. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's, you said some real shit there. 
I don't know if you realize that. I, I, but, I don't want to say real shit. Uh, Negro goddess. Not, not true at all. But no, so I think that's, I mean, that's interesting. I think that almost meshes a little bit. I mean, I don't, I don't think you would ever, I wouldn't even classify your parents as, as being unhappy. But I can see like the, in terms of accepting, like I have to accept my response. Like mm-hmm. there's about to be some like, some shit that I'm just not, that I, I'm going to do because it just needs to be yes, done right exactly. now. So that is a large degree of what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. unhappiness is obviously a really strong fucking word. Uh, but I do like resignation. Resi- resignation. You realize you're just yeah. like whatever it is that I don't want to do is never going to be. It just thing doesn't the matter fact that I have to do all this. this. Shit. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think that meshes to a certain degree, but especially so within the sense of like going back to I think the you know the point that you were making is like we're not afforded those opportunities very often, mm-hmm. um, and if we are afforded the opportunity to be an adult or excuse me to not be an adult it's after somebody's made extremely significant sacrifices to get us there literally i am allowed i am able to do things like get up on saturday and be by myself for five six seven hours and not do shit not eat anything (laughs) like i said you saw me eat um because my parents when they were my age were on their shit. My father worked for 100% commission for the first, like, maybe five years of his career. Yeah. And I'm able to to have my free time now because my father was doing that my entire, my entire childhood. Yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing. But the interesting thing about that is, like, so I think that's an accurate assessment. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things the article brought up was talking about, like, kind of, like, bro culture. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we kind of we kind of spilled the beans a little bit before, and we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the bro culture he outlined is, like, you know, if you think about the classics, like Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Uh, classics. I don't like Adam Sandler. I know, but I understand what you're saying. Billy, I, I just not, wanted to put that out there. I don't like Adam That's fine. I mean, Billy Madison is an amazingly terrible movie, but okay. it's so good I in what it does. Amazing. I was gonna be like, no, oh, I, I I enjoy. It. I would watch Billy Madison. It's been cool being friends. With it was like one of my nine years. first DVDs. You could go. go. You care? I'm gonna go. Um. Well, in as soon as this is done, <laughs> so wrap this shit, I'm, I'm done with you. But okay, that's fine. Do you? <laughs> I do all day, every day. I'm fucking grown. I'm an adult. I'm a grown, grown up lady. Okay, so so going back to that, anyway, so like he talked about basically it was all white guys. So he talked about Adam Sandler and like Billy Madison or just any Adam Sandler movie. Or any Judd Apatow movie. Any Judd Apatow movie. Uh, and then, you know, like Neighbors, things like that. Uh, and black people were kind of miraculously absent from that. That is crazy. Surprise. I know. Uh, now, I mean, it's not it's surprising. Like we all have invisibility cloaks and no one can see us. Well, we do. We do. <laughs> until... until we might have done something that they don't agree with. But right. anyway, that's neither here nor there. Here nor there. Um, but I actually would disagree. There are some very important, like, bro films to a degree that are very much black oh, staples. Oh, we can go ahead and just start with, I'll just say, like, John Singleton. Let's <laughs> just drop the mic. Like, like done. I mean, well... Well, I don't Not know. John, all of them, but John Singleton, I actually wouldn't say, because like his shit was heavy. Like, his shit yeah, was it was like, heavy, but it, as far as being critical, though, of, the, mm-hmm. of that, of that, of the culture that we may have that infantilizes yeah. black men, he just barely he, scratched the surface. Yeah. Like, barely scratched but he the surface. Tried That's to. like saying that like Judd Apatow movies are like, are feminist. It's like, not really. Like, he sometimes provides some commentary, but while it may be entertaining, it's Well, no, I'm talking about the people who aren't trying to 
provide any commentary whatsoever. Ooh. Like, like you know, if you think of a Billy Madison, what's the counterpart for like for for us for Black people? Ooh. You know, what, what comes to mind for you? What comes to mind are, and this is maybe not Friday. a Black film. Uh, that's coming. That's my next one. <laughs> I love that. That's movie. the best one. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but Friday, yeah. you have How High. How high? Which is also a terrible movie, but it's still, like, it's revered. It is very bad. You have, um, once again, Friday, which is, like, the ultimate. Mm -hmm. Um, You have The Wood, like, which is a different type. It's about that kind of that growth aspect of it. We're coming out of that. Some of the conversations they're having, I'm like, are too old for this shit. Exactly. Or, like, even in The Best Man, when, like, Tay Diggs has this... His first of all, Tay Diggs' girlfriend is Sanaa Lathan, and I get it. That's very tough because you're like, I've been friends with Nia Long my whole life. Should I have sex with her? Like right before I get married? Yeah. That actually is like that's also he legitimate. Kind of. That's, like, that's a problem. I'm sitting here with my hands going up and down like those of justice. Like I don't know, dog. Exactly. I don't know. But in reality, um, most of us are not any of those three people. Most yeah. of us are just. Average black folks out here. I mean, I've been told. Shut up, Eric. I kind of look like Say Dicks. You don't. You just, y'all are both bald. And don't tell me that you have hair because it's not true. I do. (laughs) But most of us are just average people. And for you to be like 28, 29, talking about like, yeah, I know I got this amazing girlfriend about to introduce all my friends. But should I fuck my other friends? I've been friends with for like eight, nine, ten years. She looks real good right now. That's true, but that's. So illogical and stupid. Yeah. I was just saying, like, I love that movie. You know I love that movie. I love the movie, too. Love it. But it's also, like, ugh. You know what it's I mean? Childish. Like, childish. Childish. Childish is, like ding, my ding. favorite, favorite word. But, yes. It's childish. It's shit. The Cosby Show is, like, adults done right. Yes. And for the most part, I think both of you and I agree, we aren't afforded this opportunity to, to be... To fuck up? No. To fuck up. To be yeah. an adult. But... What I'm saying is, more and more, we're getting stories where we are afforded the opportunity. We just have to create it for ourselves. Um, And it's invisible, to come back to the other thing that you said, Mm -hmm. it's largely invisible to society at large. So they, you know, we don't, we don't automatically pull out these, like, stories. Like, when you think about, when we said the Cosby shit about, like, we weren't afforded this opportunity, it was like a given. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. These things don't automatically come to mind but because of these larger societal like pressures that we are constantly on. But those things are quietly out there. That's True. all I'm saying. Is that- no, I, there's even a couple like newlyweeds comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and even um, as we sort of get into like I saw I got to see an earlier screening of Dear White People earlier in the year. And um, one of the things that I liked about it because I had mixed feelings about it. Yeah. That's a completely separate, separate yeah. issue. Um, one of the things that I liked about it is that now that we're having this conversation is that I didn't necessarily feel like there was pressure. There were so many, there were enough black characters that I didn't feel like any, that I didn't feel like the one black character needed to be representative. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel like there, if there's a positive thing that I can say about it, I would say that yes, there was enough going on that I didn't feel like any one character needed to be representative of everybody but yes no newly weeds comes to mind when i think about a movie about uh you know black people kind of chilling yeah chilling which yeah. i like i like the idea of black people chilling uh, medicine for melancholy that's, um, a, that's a really good one that's a good one too i watched it with my mother the second time i saw it no and she was like <laughs> yeah, exactly. she was no. like this is what you and your friends be doing this is what you and your friends do y'all just smoke just weed. around smoke weed all day don't change clothes well 
<laughs> well, we won't get into that. But I change clothes. Yeah, exactly. Occasionally, we got to get this shit out. But no, I mean, I think I think those stories are there. We just have to fight to to obviously get them into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting the fact that we don't normally like that's not our normal narrative. Mm-hmm. Like I think whereas from you know A.O. Scott's perspective, mm-hmm. this is like the lifeblood. <laughs> yeah, because he's of looking at all of Hollywood. Exactly, all of Hollywood is a very very accurate reflection of like mainstream you know society, yeah. which is dominated you know by white people. And so I'm not surprised that we have the opposite dynamic going on. And one of the things, like you say, we spilled the beans when we were talking before, is that the mirror image, the mirror image of Bill Cosby as this, like, you know, your prototypical, like, together black dad, like, together black man, you, uh, and how that can sometimes be damaging because you don't get to be a fuck up. You don't get to be um, just somebody trying to figure it out and also have your humanity at the same time. The mere image of that reminds me of an article that I read um, in IndieWire. I can't remember the name of the person who wrote it, but it was in IndieWire, I think, September 2nd, about where are the black female losers. Mm-hmm. Um, the mere image of that is your Olivia Pope. Yep. That is your uh, Mary Jane from being Mary Jane and that very strong, together, super educated, like high-achieving black superwoman. And... I mean, of course, the, you know, the myth of the black superwoman, somebody wrote about that. I can't remember who. Um, not somebody's shit. <laughs> no, so, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, somebody did. And so this is not the first time that that conversation is being had. But it was, to my memory, the first time this decade, at least, been that now. somebody's asking, like, you know, where are the alternatives for black women to that? Because there's something... I talk to you about this all the time. Yeah. Like, I am... I guess if, if I had to give myself an archetype, I would fall into the black female loser. And the article, the article, um, she references Freddie from A Different World, Sinclair yep. from um, Living Single, and uh, Lynn from Girlfriends. Just kind of people who are kind of figuring it out, doing their own thing. You know, you basically have your black female uh, potheads, slackers, people who kind of like are always kind of floating in between jobs. Kind of like a happy-go-lucky can be sometimes. But just people who are just... The opposite of that, or rather, even not even necessarily the opposite of the black superwoman, but just who aren't her. Yeah. And that person, I don't even, I can't think of too many examples, if there are any right now that even exists on television, of women who are like that, who are just kind of like black women kind of figuring it out, being kind of awkward and kind of just not, you know, not Carrie Washington, not Gabrielle Union. Well, I love them, but just like, we're never afforded the opportunity to not be those women. Totally. And I think, I mean, I think it's, I, I mean, I would obviously agree with that, that sentiment. I, it's what's crazy to think is like, we had these characters in the nineties in the golden age. When we were, and then they, then they left and we were, we almost, we almost skipped the nineties as if they did not happen. Like, if you think about it, mm-hmm. like, you know, before, before the nineties, we were those, we, we were these like, either really together or super like moral characters who mm-hmm. you know were obviously the the compass for someone the who's, crickets. exactly mm-hmm. who's white to show them the way no this is how you gotta do it yeah um, and we've kind of come back to that to a certain degree yes. even with like you know an olivia pope or something like that like she i mean she obviously no but she sacrifices her personal exactly life. She sacrifices because her happiness to always come to the, the rescue of somebody else exactly and because she's the main character on her own show yeah and i think the show is well done and i have so much respect for shonda rhimes 
But no, that's a very good point. No, I mean it's just crazy that we we really lost all of that. Like we had we had we had holistic stories where we were where we were you know following all those different like those different beats mm-hmm. and they were popular. They made money. True. How exactly did like what if you? I mean I don't I don't know. But what it what do we do or what was done to us for that? Like there was such a significant drop off in those types of things. I see, like my mind is failing right now because I know I've read something about it. I know people have written about it, but even just in a larger sense, like what cultural shift happened? It's I mean it's real deep. It's I not some I don't think it's something that we say, can figure out today. No, no, no. But it's true. Like all of those characters we we lost. We really, really truly lost, you know, and is I mean obviously it's disappointing and it's sad. Uh, but I think we're slowly getting back to that. It's very, very slowly. Yes. Like it you know, it takes I think it takes a show like maybe like a broad city. Oh yes. I would love where to see you city. have yeah. um <laughs> Hannibal's character. Oh yes. Like who is, you know, I mean a real chill dentist. Yeah, like yes. it's like the chillest fucking dentist ever. But he's, <laughs> you know, I mean, and true, the sad thing is he's still kind of their moral compass to a certain degree. He still true. like schools them on like the shit they should do and mm-hmm. they shouldn't do. But it's in such a like light and like different way. And he still also gets to be in on the action. Exactly. And, and like be part of the He's fun. He's present. Yes. So, I mean, I think characters like that are slowly bringing us there. And I think it's just going to be a slow process because I think what's happening now is we aren't, ha- we don't, we we're moving away from the one black person on the show. Yes. And, and the internet, internet entertainment, it, like internet yeah. media definitely, definitely helps. So, that. so I think once we get away from like there being one black person on the show, mm-hmm. we might be able to have those, those, those people again. Yes. Being able to have enough characters that the one per actually Shonda Rhimes, she said something very interesting. I think in a talk she did yesterday with NPR where she was, talking about how she's always done really diverse casts for her shows. Yeah. So that there's never just, you know, because there's only one Latino person, one black person, one Asian person, you never have to be representative for your entire race. And you can be free. She can be free to write the character as she pleases to suit her creatively um, or to sh- like to suit the appetite of her audience without having to make that person be pigeonholed. But yeah, no, that's real shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, but the thing is, like, I mean, I, I feel like she still does that in some of, in, like, in some of her characters. Like, because, like, let's be real. Ooh. So there's the the late, I see, I don't know any of their actual names. Just Who's say, the, the, I don't know the big lady though. in, uh, no, I'm not talking about skin. I'm talking oh, about Grey's Bailey. Anatomy. Bailey. Is that her name? name? Okay. Her. And then, like, even, like, even if you look at, like, shit, he, he who shall not be named who used to be on Scandal, who uh, beat the fuck out of his wife. What was the name? Columbus Short. Oh my god! Yeah, he was kind of a, a more like a moral like I'm. Hey guys, I'm you know I've been doing this. We just have to trust. Like, uh, what's her name? Olivia. Olivia. Pope. Olivia Pope. Yeah. Person's name. I, <laughs> <laughs> I watched it too. But yeah, I think he was that. But I do oh, see Abby. This a redheaded. She was like the worst <laughs> character on the show. Anyway, go ahead. But no, I mean I think there are some who step who some characters who do step outside their mode like Huck. Uh, who's like this Latino character who's mm-hmm. like, I mean, the creepiest fucking guy alive. And, oh, I love him. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, he is real mad creepy. Yeah, he's like very creepy. But, like, you wouldn't associate, like, this, like, uber spy-esque character with a Latino man. That's not, mm-hmm. you, know, that's, you know, that's not somebody well, who you see every day. I, the thing is, though, mm, I guess I kind of see where you're coming from. But I still think that 
I mean, it's different. I'm not yeah. saying there hasn't been progress. I'm just saying we no, ain't out of the woods yet. I understand but I do think it's it's you know it's cool that we're almost there. So almost there. You yeah. Know? I would actually agree with this notion that like adulthood is dead, but I think it's a healthy thing for it to die. Well, that was one thing that maybe was it. I can't remember this his article or a different one. I think it was a different one. We're kind of. Maybe it's okay that people... Or maybe, I think it maybe it was A.O. Scott. It's okay that people embrace things like young adult literature or maybe not wearing a suit to work, things like that. I think he said something about yeah. it being like a sign that people are just might be happier and be a little bit more okay with just kind of doing them. As I had, <laughs> you just oh, is it? You just do you. I'm gonna do me. Yeah, you yeah. just do you. I'm gonna do, do me. And I think that Who I mean, that? I think Rocco, boy. Rocco. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. He was married to uh, Monica for a short time. Wow, Monica's so pretty. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, so I mean, I think it should die just because I think we should constantly move away from ideals of how we should behave as adults, as a, as adults, or just period. I mean, not as adults, as, as you know, as kids. In terms of just, just the whole, like, respectability politics yeah, across the board. Like, yes. you know. So but, I think, but Yeah, speaking specifically of age, the thought of what makes you a respectable adult or what doesn't. Yeah. When in actuality, like, if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if your bills are paid, if you're having fun, if you enjoy your relationships in your life. Then fall back. Right, exactly. And ninety percent of the time, the people who are really having a good time in life do not give a solitary piece of shit about, about what, what you think anybody else is doing, <laughs> and they really don't care about what you think. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this was a this was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed I you today. I know this is like this is like we're what what one in seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be back soonish. We'll be back soon. Soonish. Soon. Like blackish. Blackish. Hopefully that's good. Yeah, hopefully that's good. Maybe we can talk about that. We'll be soon. back at a time where we could discuss blackish soonish. Oh, you see what I did there? You see I what see I did, what you did there? <laughs> All right, well, thank you. Bye. Bye. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean. Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.